Testing, testing. It's on. One, two, one, two. Microphone checker. Microphone wrecker. Microphone picker, picker. <laughs> Alright, let's give this a shot. What is life? What does it mean to heal? I'm a human. Hello, hello? Anybody there? Why are we here? What does this mean? Let's figure it out together. That's fun. Just to come play. Play in the podverse. What are we doing? This is the Turning of the Bones podcast. Hello. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Turning of the Bones podcast. I am your host, Colby Marie. Now that I've done that intro probably like 30 times, it starts. it's starting to feel a little bit funny. Maybe I'll mix that up. Maybe that would be helpful for my brain. So I'm not quite so automated here at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, it's so, so good to be here. Uh, how you doing? How are you getting along? How's your life? How's your, how do your feet feel? Are they walking? Are you sitting? Are you laying down? Are they elevated? Uh, it's a really interesting time of year. Energetically, it's it's fall, so we're moving into a little bit more of the dry season, uh, depending on where you are, where this podcast finds you. But I know here in Colorado, it's, it takes all of my work to stay grounded. So thinking about my feet a lot these days, uh, crunching my toes, putting my feet on the ground, taking some deep breaths. I hope this this fall season is finding you well. The colors are making their way to you, the sounds, the the cooler temperatures on your body. It's uh it's exciting to be here. You lovely Lindas. You pillowcase perfumed Pollies. You lounging lizard Larrys. <laughs> um I'm excited for today's podcast. I feel like I'm I'm settled into my new apartment. It feels really good. I've been able to get back in my routine. I am happy to report that I am one month off the smokes again tomorrow. I've I've called in the help of the vape. It is it's helping me through the the stress of of the move, the uh, kind of upheaval in my life, and I'm okay with that. I'm uh, able to get out and exercise, back into my yoga practice. I hope you're uh, hope you're finding some stability in this changing season, the fall harvest, this time to kind of begin to reflect and prep for the long the longer nights, the darker days, the shorter days. The days are still just as light, <laughs> but uh, darkness is coming cold weather, time of turning inward. It's the time of the season for sweaters and beanies. I love it. My bald head loves a beanie. So I hope you're you're enjoying this this time of year. I definitely am. Been on lots of hikes, getting out into nature, trying to enjoy it while I can. And I'm just so grateful 
for the, the natural world, this beautiful state that I live in. I just got back from a road trip to Utah, went and saw the Fisher Towers and did a bunch of hiking. And it was it was incredible. I I got to lay down and watch the Milky Way start to take shape as the the sun faded. I spent the morning watching the sunrise, the evening watching the sunset, the day exploring some canyons and caverns. Found a really cool little waterfall, went swimming. And Lily, I'm happy to report, is thriving. She is an athletic little beast and she was scaling things that were making my heart race. Um, but she did, I don't know, she blew my mind. She was, she was out of this world. It's really nice to have a companion, uh, my little pup. So yeah, I'm just going to jump into this. Uh, today, I'm, I'm working on a, a three-part, four-part series that'll be coming up. It's taking a little bit more prep than I anticipated. And I wasn't quite ready to jump into the series I want to do about stress and rest and stepping out of the capitalistic conditioning that your productivity is your value and that uh, kind of this... I don't know, I think it's pretty common that your achievements, whether they're in work or in love, uh, physically, that those define you and somehow make you worthy of love or worthy of partnership or worthy of empathy or joy or any of the things that all of us just inherently have a birthright to. So I'm working on this longer series and it, it's definitely, I underestimated it, so today, I've prepped, I've prepped something I'm pretty excited about. I'm going to do a podcast today on gratitude because I feel like I needed it. Um, I think this is a time of year where be grateful for the seeds we planted, the things we're harvesting. Um, and I just think it's it, it seemed really, really important for me to touch back in with gratitude. I think, yeah, so gratitude. Yeah, what's gratitude, Colby? I don't know. Uh, let's go over it. Cool, good story. Let's keep moving. <laughs> um, so when I looked up gratitude, it, it said it's a noun. And it said the quality of being thankful and the readiness to show appreciation for and to return the kindness. And I think that's that's true, but I don't think it's the whole story. I think the feeling of gratitude, it's like, uh, I don't know, if you've ever felt gratitude, maybe just take a second and think about a time in your life when you felt gratitude. For me, for me it's this warmth, it's this, uh, this feeling of fullness kind of like a, a, a warm nectar of love and you know words kind of fall short for the somatic experience of these these deeper things and I think gratitude you know that that is a noun right it's a I don't know if you can call a feeling a thing because it kind of has an energetic movement and things are kind of static and I don't want to <clears throat> tumble too far down a philosophical wormhole about the meaning of, of, <laughs> of nouns, but uh, 
it's hard to keep my my English teacher brain out of that, but it is. It's a quality. It's a it's a feeling. It's a it's a rasa. It's a vibe. It's a it's something that I think is is it's inherently important. But gratitude, I've come to learn, is also it's a verb and it's it's an action and it takes practice and when i think about gratitude as a verb it's it's the act or the practice of touching into the blessings and abundance available at all times and i think you know the feeling of gratitude the quality it's like there's you know kind of this mystical spiritual otherworldly feeling when you feel really grateful for someone or something and it's also you know it's it's a it's a neurological cocktail of oxytocin and dopamine and serotonin and uh i don't know i think it's neoepinephrine i may be wrong there not an expert but uh i think that the gratitude is something that i've learned takes practice you know i think gratitude is learned i think some people are raised by grateful people some cultures are more grateful than others ancestrally uh and i know that my experience you know i think that i learned i learned gratitude from my mom and it's always been there and it, it's something that I have to come back to because I've also been raised in a culture that is kind of endlessly hungry and it's never enough and you know being raised being the child of an alcoholic you know having some ancestors that are addicts you know there's a part of my DNA that's always thirsting and hungering for the next experience, the next high, the next achievement. And so uh, gratitude to me feels really grounded. It feels really heart-centered when I experience it. It's not, you know, windy, thinky kind of feeling. Um, and so, yeah, this morning <laughs> I was... Uh, was working on prepping this podcast and I I saw this book sitting on my shelf and a long time ago my godfather gave me his copy of the Harvard Classics and it was his one of his life's missions to try and read all of them and read all of the important you know the books deemed important by Western academia and one that he gave me and uh, a couple teachers and philosophers he passed on to me were Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus and they were Stoics and so the Harvard classics I kept I got rid of a lot of the ones I knew I'd never read you know I wasn't going to read you know about economics probably in this lifetime <laughs> uh, but this Epictetus it was one of the first philosophers that really touched me Epictetus was uh, raised a slave at some point in his life had become developed a physical disability um, and then later on in his life became 
free and worked in you know really laying the foundations of stoicism and so yeah i just popped it open and i was like well what does epictetus have to say you know maybe i can find something about gratitude in the in this book in these collection of sayings by epictetus and i love it because they're called the golden sayings of epictetus how beautiful is that? The golden sayings of Epictetus. And I, I didn't have to look too far because the first the first thing that is written down in this collection of sayings by Epictetus really, I think, captures the essence of gratitude. And so I, I want you to remember this is a heavily gendered piece of writing. This uh, came from a time where very patriarchal. Women didn't have a lot of power. Um, so it is gendered and it does refer to God, but I think you can really substitute any of the gendered pronouns for uh, gender neutral pronouns like they, them. You can give it a feminist. Do whatever you want with it. I'm just going to read it as it was written uh, because the language of the time kind of loses a bit in translation when I try to update it. Um, but here it is, yeah, uh, whatever, you know, if you're an atheist, whatever your relationship to God is, Epictetus references God quite a bit. You can say the universe, you can say the goddess, you could say divine mystery. I think Epictetus is really pointing at some kind of relationship with the divine and how magical it is to be a human being. And so here we go. The Golden Sayings of Epictetus. Are these the only works of providence in us? What words suffice to praise or set them forth? Had we but understanding, should we ever cease hemming and blessing the divine power, both openly and in secret, and telling of the gracious gifts, whether digging or plowing or eating, should we not sing the hymn of God? Great is God, for that he hath given us such instruments to till the ground withal. Great is God, for he hath given us hands in the power of swallowing and digesting, of unconsciously growing and breathing while we sleep. Thus, should we ever have sung, yea, in this the grandest and divinest hymn of all, great is God. For he hath given us a mind to apprehend these things and duly to use them. What then, seeing that most of you are blinded, should there not be someone to fill this place and sing the hymn to God on behalf of all people? What else can I that I am old and lame do but sing to God? Were I a nightingale, I should do after the manner of a nightingale. Were I a swan, I should do after the manner of a swan. But now, since I am a reasonable being, I must sing to God. That is my work. I do it, nor will I desert my post, as long as it is granted to me to hold it. And upon you too I call to join in this self-same hymn. 
So that was uh, <laughs> Epictetus. Uh, just really, I think, I don't know. It's it, 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 There's so many amazingly poetic and beautiful things in there. And, uh, you know, acknowledging his age and his 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 position and knowing I think it's really just a, it's kind of a it's an ode to gratitude um, it's an ode to finding and working to cultivate that quality of being thankful of uh, working in your life to create the circumstances where you feel the neurological imprint of oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, um, you know, and Epictetus's practice was singing, you know, singing to God. And whether or not he literally sang or it was a metaphorical, metaphorical singing, you know, the singing of his heart, uh, it, it seemed to it seems to me in that passage that it's his nature to praise the divine or to praise life or to to praise the neurological cocktail that that gratitude gives us all um, and so I don't know it's really interesting to me because we're at this interesting juncture of, uh, you know, the old and the new. There's the rise and popularity of shamanism and neo-shamanism, and the Stoics are getting more and more popular again. And, you know, people, I think, across cultures are looking for these things to find meaning. And there, there's, you know, I, when I was researching this, I found an article in Forbes about gratitude, you know, like... I worked in a school system where we would do like uh, shout outs, you know, so people would feel and get to practice being grateful at work because I think for a long time businesses and institutions forgot the importance of that and it was all about productivity and then there was a, a desperate call by employees and by all of us in the West that like, yo, I don't want to show up to work and just get shit on, you know, like work is hard, you know, I, I, I being praised and praising others, it, it, it's a reciprocal relationship that it's mutually beneficial. And there are tons of studies coming out about, uh, you know, the neurology of gratitude, which are really fascinating. So these studies have found that the ventromedial prefrontal cortex so your prefrontal cortex and your frontal cortex are kind of a they're your rational mind and they you know people who have experienced trauma or have damaged this you know struggle with depression and anxiety and the, the frontal cortex kind of it's what develops in adolescence and it helps you you know problem solve and make decisions and see things rationally and it helps kind of balance out the amygdala and the brainstem and kind of the emotional parts of the mind and the reptile parts of the mind. And so 
yeah, there are all these studies about, you know, showing that when people practice gratitude, there's an increased activity in the prefrontal cortex. And, and that's the spot, you know, responsible for managing the paradoxes of life. You know, the fact that in any moment you can see something beautiful or something horrific. Um, you know, the, the prefrontal cortex helps us manage feelings like guilt, like I did something wrong. Helps us manage feelings of shame. I am wrong. It helps us with blame and anger and resentment. Um, and it's just, it's really, I don't know, it's, I forget this quite frequently, you know, like, I forget about the power of gratitude. Because sometimes, it, you know, I'll get in my shit, and it feels like a bit of a chore. Um, but there's this really great quote. Oh, I forget what it said. It was, a. Uh, it's like it's impossible. Oh, Naomi Williams, I found this quote. It's impossible to feel depressed and grateful at the same moment. And so I think the power of working on gratitude, if it feels far away, is, is profound. Um, there was a study in China where... Um, There were a bunch of adults who were above 60 years old and they were divided into two groups and one group did gratitude journaling and these gratitude practices you know like making a list of what they were grateful for and the other group didn't and it showed and then they were presented with uh you know images and conversations about death and dying. Um, you know, like stimulus that would kind of, was aimed to stimulate anxiety about their proximity to the end of their lives. And it, the study showed that the first group who wrote gratitude notes showed fewer symptoms, neurological symptoms of death anxiety than the other groups. Um, And it showed that gratitude helps regulate the sympathetic nervous system that activates our anxiety responses. So gratitude can help reduce anxiety on a neurological and physiological level. You know, just doing a small amount of gratitude journaling can go a long way. And I think it's really interesting that it's, it's starting, you know, these things that are as old as Epictetus and, you know, a Roman slave who gained his freedom and became a philosopher who was injured and was lame, you know, uh, quite possibly, you know, lived a really challenging life that these, these, these ancient philosophies, like we're now searching for the mechanics of them and we're finding them. And I think that's really, I don't know, it's amazing. I feel like we live in this really fascinating time. And it's its very interesting to me that there's this resurgence of uh, looking for meaning 
alongside with new tools to help our minds demystify some of these ancient wisdoms. You know, I think this is stuff that we as humans have known forever and we've we've lost touch with and I think it's it's easy to find our way back home to ourselves. Um, and so yeah, I think I think gratitude takes work. I know it does for me. Um, today I was I was working on this podcast and I've got a stove that hasn't been working in my new apartment. It's really been frustrating me and there's been like leaky pipes and maintenance people just stop by whenever and it's been really disruptive to my work schedule and my my flow and today I was you know I, I've reached out and asked if they can call or text and today someone showed up I was in the middle of prepping for this and you know my first reaction was just like fuck you know I've got, I, I need to get a podcast out I have shit to do um and then I kind of just took a deep breath and I was like okay you know <laughs> I'm working on a podcast about gratitude what if I just stop and think about what I'm grateful for and not you know I was all of a sudden, just I could feel my brain chemistry kind of switch and flip from like anger and frustration. And I was like, you know, I'm grateful that there's another human that's going to come try to fix the pilot light on my stove and then I don't have to crawl around in there and try to fix it. I'm, I'm grateful that I have a stove. I'm grateful that I've been able to cook food in the interim. And all of a sudden I was like, you know, this isn't a, that big a deal. And my brain got back on track and I kept prepping this podcast and I could focus again, but I could feel how easy it was for me to get distracted. Um, and just a little gratitude practice brought me right back. Um, made me smile. It's like, this guy's, you know, a nice guy. He's here to help. He seems to care. This is really great. I'm grateful for this human. This human is here helping me. Um, Maybe it didn't look exactly how I wanted it to. Maybe he'll walk in in five minutes. But it was really powerful. And so I think, you know, these studies that are showing that gratitude can reduce anxiety and depression. Um, gratitude can help with your ability to make new friends. It can improve your physical health by reducing stress. It can improve your psychological health. It can enhance empathy. Can improve your sleep and self-esteem and improve your resilience um, you know I I felt way more resilient <clears throat> despite the fact that you know it's been a challenging week I practiced a little bit of gratitude and got right back to work and it was really amazing and so yeah how can you practice gratitude what are the ways in which You can do this, you know. I I have my own techniques, but I, I found a good list, you know. I think the obvious one is gratitude journaling, which takes a little bit of discipline. You sit down every day uh, and for five or ten minutes just write down what you're grateful for. You know, really take a minute. Uh, you can do a gratitude jar where you just, you get a jar, you can decorate it, you can get a box, anything, and... Anytime you're grateful for something, you write it down on like a post-it note and you put it in there. And that one's really helpful. I, I've done that one. It was an assignment from a therapist. 
that uh, was really helpful. I was really getting stuck on some things, and she was like, well, every time something good happens, this was like in the middle of the pandemic, write it down and put it in there, and then you can always see, then you have like a visual, you know, it's not like you have to go searching in your mind for what you're grateful for. You can see a jar full of things you're grateful for, or a jar, jar full of things that are going well in your life. And that was really helpful for me. Another one I really liked was a gratitude rock or anything symbolic. It could be like a lucky rabbit's foot or, uh, you know, a piece of jewelry, but something that you carry around with you and, you know, you pull it out of your pocket, you take a look at it, you know. Lots of people do this with family heirlooms. But you just take a moment and drop in and, like, it's like a symbolic, it's like a, like an avatar for gratitude. So I like the idea of a gratitude rock. Um, and then there are like all kinds of prompts, you know, and this can look different for everybody, but you know, I'm grateful for three things I hear. I'm grateful for three things that I see. I'm grateful for three things that I smell. I'm grateful for three things that I touch or feel. I think it's really important to do these sense, sensual ones, you know, to stay in your body because anxiety and depression or feeling down are really mental things and getting back in your body is really helpful. I'm grateful for three things that I taste. I'm grateful for three blue things. I'm grateful for three animals and birds. I'm grateful for three friends, three teachers, three family members, you know, just pick one. You don't have to do all these, like, uh, a gratitude walk or stroll or uh you know a wheelchair ride you know go outside and just kind of you know it's really powerful to to walk or to stroll in a wheelchair or be outside in nature and do gratitude meditation uh, you could write letters to people that you're grateful for you can do a collage um just you know take it back to Think about being a kid with this, you know? Don't overthink this shit. <laughs> it's like so easy to get into our adult brains. Um, you know, make some art. Remember when you used to draw pictures in school, you know, for your family members or friends and they were just so pure and honest and just sit down and like let your little kid brain go wild with this. Or get a gratitude buddy, you know, somebody that you call once a week and just uh, take five minutes and tell each other things you're grateful for about whatever uh, I think any of those can be super helpful I haven't tried some of them I kind of want to get a gratitude buddy um, but yeah I, I want to acknowledge that sometimes this is really hard you know I know it has been for me it's been for all of us a challenging year and a half 18 months with the pandemic and everything that's been going on, all the upheaval and the fear, the fear mongering in the news and social media seems to have gotten more complex and harder to get away from. And I think it's really easy for, for gratitude to feel really far away, you know, and kind of strong arming this or, you know, doing any of the things we're taught to do, like just get over it or don't be hard on yourself with this, you know. You fake. I really think you fake this one until you make it. <laughs> you know, I, 
not that's not always true in life you know some you don't want to fake being an open heart surgeon till you make it you can't fake being a jazz musician till you make it you can't get up on stage and just be like oh, i'm gonna do this solo but like i think gratitude you just keep chipping away at it and for me i'm gonna try to set the intention to do this once a day you know throughout the fall and the winter and just see where it takes me you know I'll report back on this experiment but I know when I do it it helps um, you know you may be grieving and it's I've been going through a lot of grief lately, a lot of loss, and I know that when I do practice gratitude, it, it helps me feel in touch with my humanity and the humanity of other people. Um, gratitude can make sense of your past, and it can bring you know, peace for today and create a vision for tomorrow. It's kind of a, a choppy quote from someone on the internet. <laughs> I don't know who Melody B is, but... Uh, she had a, a, a page, you know, about gratitude and grief. And I think, uh, I don't know, I, I was thinking about that, and there's this great quote at the end of WandaVision. Uh, I'm going to spoil WandaVision for you. If uh, you're a Marvel fan and you haven't seen the show, you might want to skip over the next five minutes. But so WandaVision, Wanda Romanoff has experienced nothing but loss as a character in the Marvel Universe. Like, she lost her parents, she lost her brother, she lost everything. She just keeps losing. She lost the love of her life. And so in this television show, it's kind of about her trying to deal with her trauma. And at the end, she realizes she has to let go of Vision, uh, the being that she's fallen in love with. And there's this really beautiful moment as she's accepting her grief. And Vision looks at her and says something along the lines of, what is sorrow if not love persevering? And I just, I don't know, that one just really touched me. That like, You don't lose the love, but it carries on, and you can be grateful for that still, even inside of grief. Um, you know, cry your tears. Crying doesn't make you weak. Um, it's an important emotion that we've been trained not to do. Uh, find the broken pieces, see what parts of you are hurt and broken. You know, ask for help. Um, and keep a gratitude jar, you know, like I've been processing a lot of the relationships I've lost through romantic partnerships over the years. And writing down what I was grateful for about each person, what I was grateful, what I walked away from the relationship with, what I learned, what I saw in them, you know, has made quote-unquote, losing the person feel really rich and beautiful, you know? Uh, whether it's death or the end of a relationship or a job or a friend or a friend group or a dream, you know? What were you grateful for? Um, I 
And I think gratitude can help us pull ourselves out. You know, it's it's <laughs> using gratitude as a practice and not waiting for lightning to strike you and taking some agency in engaging with the blessings of this life and singing the hymn like Epictetus did, you know. It makes this feel really special and not quite so personal and super personal at the same time. <laughs> like this unique experience that have been my blessings and my gratitudes feel very precious. And the gifts that I've experienced as a reasonable human, you know, like Epictetus said, what else can I do, you know, but be called to try and share this gratitude, you know, because the, the, the truth is, is capitalism and politics work on fear and scarcity, and it's in our faces all of the time. Fear and scarcity, fear and scarcity on Instagram, on Facebook, in the news. There's new shit to buy. There's new things to be scared of. And it's an endless cycle. So it, it takes, I'm coming to learn that it takes vigilance in this day and age to be grateful. Uh, you know, we're sold a lot of really fun experiences through social media and through capitalism. And I really like what Brene Brown said. She said, I don't have to chase extraordinary moments to find happiness. It's right in front of me if I'm paying attention and practicing gratitude. And she says practicing gratitude, which I really like, you know. Aesop, the writer of Aesop's Fables said, gratitude is the sign of noble souls. John Milton said, Gratitude bestows reverence, allowing us to encounter everyday epiphanies, those transcendent moments of awe that change forever how we experience life in the world. Alice Walker said, Thank you is the best prayer that anyone can say. I say that one a lot. Thank you expresses extreme gratitude, humility, and understanding. Carl Jung said, One looks back with appreciation to the brilliant teachers, but with gratitude to those who touched our human feelings. The curriculum is so much necessary raw material, but warmth is the vital element for the growing plant and for the soul of the child. I just, I love all those, you know, like gratitude feels warm and Plants need warmth to grow, and so do our souls. And I think practicing gratitude is just cool, man. It's the new, it's the new hip thing to do. Get grateful, <laughs> um, or don't. You know, if you don't want to, and you just want to pile out and stew in your juices, do that. You know, some days are for stewing in your juices. I, 
I know inside of grief, it's into grief is intoxicating, and it's hard to see out of depression and suffering. And I'm not always able to do it, you know. This is, I'm going to fake this one until I make it. And I don't know, I really, I just wanted to share this with you today because it really had an impact on me prepping this podcast. I could feel it actively changing my neurochemistry and the way I felt about my life. And my outlook and if you're not spiritual don't make it spiritual go out there and get the brain cocktail that gratitude and gratitude practices help with and if you are spiritual you know be grateful to whoever you're you're praising you know if you're Hindu Muslim Christian agnostic you know, indigenous American, if you're an animist, I don't, you know, anything. If you're a pagan, if you're a hoodoo, you know, like we all, I, I doubt you could find a culture that hasn't remarked on this. And so it seems universal to me. That's kind of the shit I'm into, looking for these things and uh, telling stories about them. So I'm going to leave you with a, a little I'm just going to do a little gratitude I'm grateful for this voice the texture and vibration that resonates throughout my body when I speak I'm grateful for this voice that it may help me connect with others and feel less lonely, to feel less alone, to be heard. I'm grateful for this voice that it helps me get my needs met. It helps me make requests. I'm grateful for all of the times that this voice allowed me to ask for help when I needed it. I'm grateful for all of the times that I could express gratitude to someone that I loved with this voice and deepen our relationship and connection. I'm grateful that this voice can laugh. This voice can sing. This voice can play around with all kinds of sounds. I'm grateful that this voice can scream. I'm grateful that this voice can weep. I'm grateful for this voice. I'm grateful for my voice. So that was one. <laughs> uh, felt pretty good. I'm just going to take a minute and breathe that one in. So thank you to all of my listeners. I'm so grateful for all of you. Thank you to my friends and family. This is a uh, listener-supported podcast. I, I appreciate all of my patrons. Uh, please, uh, please share this with a friend. If you're getting something useful from it, share it on social media. Like, follow, subscribe, leave a review on iTunes. All of those things really help smaller podcasts uh, stay afloat and 
I really hope to grow this, continue to grow this. Uh, you can go over to my Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash turning of the bones, and you can donate. Uh, just create a little account, or you can DM me on Instagram at queso blanco or at turning of the bones, and uh, I can I can give you a link to my PayPal, to my Venmo, and yeah, we can we can keep this thing for us by us. Uh, Maybe someday I'll get big enough to be able to pick and choose sponsors, but today it's just a DIY experiment and chasing my dreams and my passion project and getting out there and talking to people, telling stories. Uh, my passion as an educator to connect, to you know help where I can. So I hope you enjoyed this one. I had a really, really good time making this one. I feel, I feel good. I feel grateful. And so take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. Be well.